You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast. This is brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry. Yes, I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross, the Podcasting Queen, and we have someone very special today who is an influential voice in her industry too. And she says social media is a two-way street. And joining me on today's show is Elaine Lindsay. She is an early adopter. She is a lifeline, lifetime learner, polymath, speaker, strategist, optimization and integration advice and she provides the secret sauce to integrate and optimize all that you do online. Now she breaks down the geek speak, you know that's that that language that people talk in your eyes just want to glaze over. Well, she helps demystify what goes on online. She helps you map out that strategy clearly, concisely and in plain speak. Now on today's show, she's going to talk about the must do optimization tip for all aspiring industry thought leaders and ambitious entrepreneurs to help you go from invisible to invincible. She's going to help you with one tip that can rocket you to the top of page one in search, the most important social media principle that you might not even realize. And if you came in a little bit earlier to the live on our Facebook pages, you would have heard her talking about voice search. So she is quite informed about that area too. So we're going to tap into her insights there. So welcome to the show, Elaine. Well, thank you very much. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> I love catching up with you because as uh, we mentioned in the introduction, you really do keep your finger to the pulse in what's happening, what's innovative and what's really cutting through when it comes to online technology. But for people who may not, I know it's going to be very far and few in between, people who may not have heard about you or heard you speak, <laughs> can you just give us the, the, the snapshot version of who you are and, and uh, what you do? All right, all right. I'll make it as quick and painless as I can. I'm uh, I'm what we're now calling a digital optimization and integration specialist, which really means in plain English, I help you set the foundations for all your pieces online. Mm. I pull everything together so that you have consistency, congruency, and you can make the biggest impact. Mm. and become visible yes that's really all there is to it the thing is this though um i had a i guess um, i was very lucky uh i think it's lucky that i spent a couple of decades uh on on my back mm. in the hospital and at home i was very ill uh, for a very long time and the only thing i could do really was learn yeah by the time the 80s came along, it was awesome because computers arrived, which meant that I didn't just read books, I could use a computer. And for me, that opened up the world. And I'm a very curious person by nature, mm -hmm. like I just want to know everything. 
and I built my first website for someone else in 99. And it was great. He was a regional counselor, a politician here in Canada. And everybody kept saying it was lovely within his offices. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know what? What good is this website thing if nobody knows where it is? Yeah. The only people who got to see it, we had to tell them, like, go here. And, you know, that's, and I thought, this is crazy, which led me on a search. And that was 99. By 2002, I got into search engine optimization and realized that you could make it happen. Mm. You could be sure that the search engines were finding you and finding you first. Yes. So you stumbled across a thing that was called Google. <laughs> I, I did. And I did get into social media. Mm. Um, right when it opened February to 2007, yeah. Facebook opened to the general public. And let's be honest, I got in there to stalk my adult kids. Okay, <laughs> they were getting fed up with me phoning and checking in. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, this is a way I can get in touch. Yeah. But within a few days, I realized this was actually going to be really useful for my web clients. Yeah. Within about six weeks, I had more friends than both my kids. <laughs> and one of my kids is in the media. So yeah, I go. thought, hmm, this is, this is a lot of fun. I get to talk, which you'll notice is something I really love to do. And I was able to help my clients. And as the years went by and Google started in 2011 with mm -hmm. Google+, Plus. I saw the writing on the wall and saw that search and social media and your website and your blog all had to come together mm. so that it could all benefit you. Yes. So, so true. Which, you know, as yeah. you're speaking there and sharing, I mean, you, you would have seen things evolve. You would have seen platforms shut down. You would have seen a lot of um, new innovation, you know, innovative tools and, and techniques and how people are using them come and go. And some have just gone from strength to strength. But as you're sharing that, and I want to reemphasize something that I've really seen of importance over even over the last week was the importance of, of leveraging all of these social media tools and strategies, which we're going to talk about, but have your own web presence, a self-owned yeah. web presence, so yeah. that if something shuts down, like Google, you know, go Google Plus, or some yeah. platform changes its terms of, of conditions or terms of service, we're not left stranded because we've built our profile and our authority on a platform which no longer exists or shut us down. That's happened to a colleague of mine. I went to a networking event this week. She'd spent a lot of time doing lives as she's been taught to do on Facebook, but she inadvertently um, did a number of things that went against their terms of service and she, now she hasn't had access for over four weeks. It's very important, isn't it? it it's, it's so important. It is so critical. Think of it this way, okay? You're not going to just walk down the street and open somebody's front door and move into their house mm. and hope that they let you stay there. That's really what we're doing. We're squatting on social media yeah. because we're not the members. We're not even the users. We're part of the product. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're just Lego. So when you think of it that way and realize that if you're just a part of a little piece of the machine, and you don't really have a lot of rights in terms of what's yours. Mm -hmm. I always tell clients, 
even if it's a one pager, you need a website that's your own real estate. And that's where you start from. Mm. That's where you drive your traffic. That's got to be sort of the end of the road for people has to be you want them to come to your front door yeah so 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 important and then capture their email addresses and contact Absolutely. details so that you can start to nurture and, and strengthen that relationship now let's Absolutely. talk about the one must do or optimization tip that we have to put into place that will help people go from invisible if they're feeling a little bit invisible to invincible what is that one or that that must do optimization tip well, and, and the funny thing is we, we just touched on, on the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. It's about setting your foundations. And people always say to me, well, what do you mean foundations? So a lot of people don't realize that every time you start a new social media site or an account or your website, your blog, your hosting for your website, your domain registry, uh, if you guest blog anywhere, if you come on a podcast like this, mm -hmm you need to have all of your foundational elements exactly the same mm -hmm. because quite often um, when when we first audit a client we look at people you'll see that they have one name on one platform uh, they use their middle name on another they use a short form for something else or on another one they might be using their maiden name mm -hmm. i understand that you want to connect with with everyone you can. But the fact is, when you chop and change like that, the search engines see you as different people. Yes. They don't, okay, we as humans, we understand the nuance. We understand that my husband calls me muffin. <laughs> and my, my children call me things that we can't say on here. <laughs> but all of those things are things that I answer to search engine wouldn't see that as all being me mm -hmm. they would basically take the optimization juice that's what i call it and they put it in some other bucket mm -hmm. it basically just wastes away so you want to be sure that you have what i call a uh, like a central depository if mm -hmm. you will that has your name your address your phone number your bio and your bio in a number of different um, character numbers. So, for instance, for Twitter, okay, you have, uh, what is it, 160 characters for your bio. Mm -hmm. On LinkedIn, for your heading, you have 120. On Facebook, for certain areas, I think it's 500 and one is like 1,000 or 2,000. All of those different numbers are really important because you can always flesh things out, mm -hmm. but the basic elements need to be the same. So for instance, if you say Anne-Marie Cross on three or four platforms, but on one of them you decide, oh, that's too long. I'll just say Anne-M. Mm. Well, all of a sudden, you've now created a new person that is going to take away that valuable optimization juice that is what's going to help you become the relevant person in your niche become the authority be that thought leader be that influencer that people are looking for so true and that's you know in the bottom line to make it really simple google just wants to return 
the very best answer possible mm -hmm. for each and every user query they get. So if we give them the most relevant quality information, then we're going to become the preferred choice in our niche. Yes. And that's what you want. Yeah, so, so true. And, and even if people have or find that their name is gone and they use their middle, middle initial, you want to use that middle Everywhere. initial and even introduce yourself so that people will Google that or search exactly. for you in, in that way as, as well. I'm going to give you a little tip, though, and, and most people wouldn't think of this yes. necessarily. I did not take a vanity URL for Facebook. Didn't never occurred to me mm. because people kept saying, you know, you should be you should be doing social media. And I kept saying, that's not a job. That's me playing. Mm. And I didn't really figure it out till 2011 that, yeah, that was a job. Mm. <laughs> so I did not take a vanity URL. And I'm actually connected to 27 Elaine Lindsay. Wow. So what I did, I used the article, the. Mm -hmm. So on Facebook, anybody goes and looks, I am the Elaine Lindsay. Yes. And the reason for that is optimization because it's an article that Google ignores. Oh, isn't that? That's... So I am just mm -hmm. Elaine Lindsay. If you go on LinkedIn and you run into people that are the, whatever the name is, if they have a very common name, mm -hmm. then they're probably my clients. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone else who you're sharing this with, <laughs> which is a good yeah. tip. Love, love, love that. So when um, you're searching then, and, and you obviously are going to get found if you have those things consistently, I'm wondering, does Google look at the different social media sites? Does that help in your ranking? Or is it more for search that this cons it'll consistently come up all and pull from those different social media platforms? Does that make sense? It, it makes sense, but it's not quite that cut and dry. Yeah. Okay. Who you are associated with in social media, who reads your blog, who goes to your website, the, the influencers that are in your circles, mm -hmm. those who retweet your stuff, who repost your stuff, people who like things on Facebook that are influencers. Mm -hmm. When they give you that kind of love, that all gets kind of packaged up and that's part of your social proof. Yes. And yeah. social proof is absolutely a part of the 200 plus uh, little tidbits that Google calculates when they're looking at to put you in the search engine results pages. Yeah. And if you have got inconsistent uh, names and taglines, these influencers and other people who could be your ideal clients are just not going to be able to find your content and find well, you. No. Mm. Imagine, imagine a, a Chris Brogan or a Marty Smith sees something you've written and it's really great, but this time you used your middle initial and you don't normally do that. And it's not on your website and it's not on your blog. Mm. It just happened to be on that one thing. Well, Marty's wonderful at giving people love and, and she'll like it, but guess what? She's now like someone that really doesn't exist. Mm. And that 
optimization, that social proof is not going to go to you. Yeah. What happens if someone has used a particular term? Because I know for some of the, the business owners and, and authorities, they are compiling decades of different experiences. So their profile has evolved. And so what would what would you advise? One of the things that I've done myself and, and I've seen done is if there is a different name, grab your name if you still can, but then somewhere in the title, link back and might say you know I do a lot of my my current tweeting or whatever over here and you 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 add that tag is it is that a good idea can you do anything else depending on depending on what you have out there in terms of social proof mm. so for everyone that has a book or is featured in a book if you can get into the knowledge graph with google if you have that authority in a specific niche, then it's absolutely fine to make sure that in all your information, mm. you have those other names, you have those other references. You know, because in all honesty, when, when I started, my business is called Truel mm -hmm. Media, and I am Truel Social. Mm. People go, Truel? It's like, no. <laughs> Truel is an acronym. It means the rest of our lives. Oh, yeah. We chose that name for our house in 1992. There were no trolls back then. So when I decided to take it with the business in the mid 90s, never occurred to me that I would have to work so hard not to have Google uh, put me down the ranks because if you type in Truel Media or Truel Social Media, the first thing Google asks is, did you mean troll? Oh, no, Google, <laughs> I didn't. Just before we move on to the next point, because I know that there's some people would be saying, now what's knowledge graph? It, that's, I was hoping you'd stop me. Google uses their knowledge graph is for what they call entities. Mm. And what that means is something, someone, some entity that has authority. Okay. Anything, it, writing a book, being in a band, having uh, done a movie, been on Broadway, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a hockey player, uh, lacrosse, any, anything like that. Mm -hmm you can be considered to be in the knowledge graph because you you have a certain amount of authority within that niche mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i'm really i'm really breaking this down into very simple pieces yes because of course there's a lot more to it yeah but that's really sort of what it encompasses mm. and google uses the knowledge graph and those entities <clears throat> excuse me to pass through authority so for instance, um, on your website, if you uh, went to uh, the coaching university and you have a certificate and other things, then you want to have a link to that coaching university mm -hmm. so that you can then pass through the authority from that entity. Mm. If, if you have a link and, and you know, if you're in the membership, or the alumni of the university, then that's a two-way authority that is going to sort of add to your social proof. Mm -hmm. And it kind of bumps you up a little, gives you that a little bit more veracity, if you will. 
uh, within the whole scope of what's out there. Yeah. So obviously, if someone's wanting to know a little bit more, we're going to share how they can get in contact with you. But it sounds to be um, incorporated, if you will, into that knowledge graph. There's a lot of different things that you can do that when Google sees this, it says, ah, there's another valid uh, point that validates that this person is an expert or is it, you know, and, and as you build that, it continues to increase that credibility. Great, great. What's the one tip that can rocket us to the top of page one in search? Well, we hit on this in, in the Facebook Live piece, voice search, okay? Mm. Voice search and pairing it with an FAQ page. Right. People will say, a lot of people go, why do I want an FAQ page? Because we humans start an awful lot of our conversations with just a few words. They are who, what, where, when, why, and how. How do I do this? Where do I find this? When do the stores open? What is it uh, that my son has in his finger? All of those questions Mm -hmm. are the questions that we often want to start search with. As you move into voice search, it's becoming more natural language. So you can pop your whole question in. Mm -hmm. Just imagine you're an authority in a specific niche and you put up an FAQ page that answers those questions. Yes. You check with your customers. You, you do research over time, and you can add to those questions because Google has to get the answers for those search results pages somewhere. Why not you? Yeah. So I'm just thinking because I haven't got one of those yet. <laughs> So I'm taking notes, people. Um, So I've heard it said too that it's good if you've got uh, various questions, create a blog post that answers that on its own. Then you can have maybe compile that and have a main page and then it has those different links. Now, are you answering those questions in written form or also in verbal form or can you do both? Well, at the moment, you're going to be doing it in written form. There are ways right now that you can do them in voice form, but we're going to be here for five hours if we start talking about the skills and and the little pieces that go with the voice um, speakers and the new technology, the smart speakers that uh, show up in your houses. So we won't go there today. For now, as a small business, you can't take your whole day Mm. to concentrate on voice search. And that's not at all what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying incorporate the concept by using an FAQ page that basically Google can use for the answers to the queries that users are putting in. Mm -hmm. We worry about Google's the one that's going to have to answer it, not you. Yes. At the moment. Yeah, yeah, great. How else are people using search? Uh, I'd imagine that if people do have podcasts, uh, are they showing that people, users are saying, hey, I'm not going to say it out loud because I I don't want to wake someone up, (laughs) but hey, whatever, whatever, uh, find me, for instance, Industry Thought Leader podcast. How could I then do that? Obviously, there's steps, but is that being used? Is that how searches are, are searching for things? There are definitely some searches, and I will say one of one of the first on the bandwagon was actually Gary V. Gary V. Of got course. on the bandwagon on Alexa. Smart, smart guy. I adore him. 
And he got some skills ready for Alexa. So you can get a one minute bit from Gary V every day on Alexa. Now, I will tell the honest God truth here. I am a Google gal forever. And I don't have Alexa here, but I do have Google Home. I've given my 87-year-old dad Google Mini, which he uses all the time. And I, of course, have a Google phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, not, an, not just an Android, it's a Google phone. And I'm holding it up because Google's asking me what I want, because I've now said the word five times. <laughs> yes, However, for me, yeah. Yeah. What I wanted to say was, but I want to give you the breakdown mm. right now of, of all the people that are using voice technology. We have 4% using Cortana. So Microsoft kind of at the back of the bus. 16% use an Android of some kind, which is actually Google Assistant, but there are a couple of other pieces. Samsung has come out with Bixby. Mm. And Bixby is their answer to the rest. Echo and Amazon, uh, that's Alexa, has 18% of the pie. Siri has 25% of the pie. And drumroll, please, Google Home or Google Assistant has 37% of the pie. Wow. Which is a really big chunk because in the States alone last year, I think they said there was 18 million uh, Alexas sold mm. or Echoes or what have you. And I'll, I'll be honest, my son in their house, I think they have five now. Really? Upstairs, downstairs, all over the place. <laughs> and even the kids use it. I find it wonderful because, as I said, I, I don't want to type. So anything that's going to allow me to just speak makes a lot of sense. It's wonderful for recipes, the weather. Um, we recently got a, a new fur kid who has a few issues. So when we leave the house, we get Google to play Otmar Liebert's for her. <laughs> Sounds silly. But well, of course. all these things, not. <laughs> yeah, without having to worry wow. about looking for, you know, looking for the songs or, or finding the iPod or whatever. Mm. It's just a matter of telling the the smart the speaker, device, hey, yeah. you know, play play Otmar Liebert for us now, please. And and it just it just makes life an awful lot simpler. Wow. Wow. For small business, I'm not, not just talking about you know what's going on in my life. For small business, I really want you to take that one step further. Think about the fact that you can become a part of your customers and prospects day-to-day life mm. simply by making sure you're adding value on your website all the time yeah so true now just one question and for those of you who it, it's uh, a little bit over your head just block your ears for a minute because i'm going to ask elaine something so with <laughs> all of these different uh, smart speaker devices when you cre- just like a podcast when you create or have a, a a feed or a link you know the rss feed do yeah. you have to can you do whatever you need to do and it sends it to all of those different smart speakers or are there completely new processes that you have to do for each there are completely new processes if you want them to have it immediately to hand but 
you can tell your smart speaker to go to iTunes, for instance, and get the Thought Leader uh, podcast. Mm -hmm. And then when you want to play it, you just every day, you know, I want the next episode or, or every week, whenever, however often you do it, you just say it again and say you want the next episode. Mm. Google Home actually allows you, like I can plan my day. I use the, um, I call it if, <laughs> you know, I-F-T-T-T, yes, if, if this, is. then that. Yeah. Um, I've actually programmed all my morning stuff. So in the morning, it'll give me the weather. It'll tell me what the news is. It will tell me what I have on my calendar for the day. Any reminders that I've set the day before. And I've even set up on if on Iptita to be sure. And every time my grandson comes over, he wants me to ask what who is the best five-year-old in the world? And the answer, of course, is Liam. And he's fascinated that Google does this. I now have to change that because a week and a half ago he turned six. <laughs> and I gotta program the other four grandkids in. But it's just such a it's become such a, an easy part of our day. Mm. When you think of, these are kind of basic things, you know, recipes, what have you. But just think how little of a jump you have to make mm. to add that for your clients. So for people to know where your podcast is, because there's a lot of pod services. Google Play has a pod service. Apple has a pod service. Uh, Podbean. There's there's a ton of them out there. As long as you know the service, you can program your voice assistant mm -hmm. to do it right now. Within a year, I believe you'll be able to very easily add those skills using the the right sort of format. Yeah. It's not an RSS feed, but it's pretty It would be something else. But just, is it technical to do or, or is it able, like, I mean, obviously it, it's anything's easy if yeah. you know how to do that, but is yeah. it to the point where you'd look at it and you'd go, I need a degree to, to work my way um, through this? I don't think you need a degree, but you have to have some patience because there are a fair number of steps. Mm -hmm. And I find the reason I try to, to simplify things for people. I find that very often when you look at the steps that they give you, you know, from business level, it's very bare bones. Mm. You know, you're not getting the little steps in between that maybe they think should, you should automatically know, or whoever wrote the instructions just didn't think that humans sometimes need a little more. Yeah. <laughs> So I, th that has room for improvement as well. But I will say this, there are already companies all over the world that are strictly there doing skills for Alexa mm -hmm. and setting up skills for Google. One of them's not called skills. Sorry, I can't remember the, the name of the other one, but already, mm -hmm. okay? You know, we're only a couple of years in this is important for people to realize this is not the front of the voice wave. It's not even second step. Mm. We are in the third full blown voices here. Okay. It's not going away. This is like social media was back in the day when you and I first met and people are going, Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's not going away. This is the next iteration. 
as things, you know, there's even smart rings, mm, there's wearable tech, you, so many things that we can incorporate. You know, we use augmented reality for business cards and, and books and what have you. So the next step is not that far away. Mm. Do yourself a favor, jump on board now. If you're already doing video, you are giving yourself such a leg up because video has voice. Yes. Which means if you have good stuff on YouTube, they can play it on their smart speakers. Ah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we've only just touched the surface, obviously. Oh, in God, this. Yeah. However, what I think, and this is, this is something I say to all business owners, you need to do your research first, but start to think, how can we leverage it and then take yeah. small steps, you yeah. know, and if, if you can't be found, then you can't be found. And, you know, for some people, I think the longer you leave it, and a couple of years ago, I read um, from KPMG, they're very well respected here in Australia, yeah. well, worldwide, we know, they did, um, what was it, a CEO report, kind of did a bit of a check, checking with the, the CEOs yeah. of various size businesses. And one of them said, and I think a lot of people agreed, that if businesses didn't start to embrace a lot of this technology because of, you know, it's a fad and just kicking and screaming, it would get to a point that even when they decided that they wanted to do it, it would be too late because the yeah. rest of the world has continued on. You know, people are only just starting and you know, it doesn't mean to turn them off. However, you know, you should already have some form of digital within your strategy. Um, and I, I know the listeners today in this podcast, they are more the micro business, which means you don't have to go through boards and boards and boards to finally get, uh, you know, an authorization. Yes, I think we can start considering a podcast or whatever. We can move quickly. So, um, well, well, and that's a really, really good point. And that's why I love dealing with small business because you know what? You're on the front line and there is no reason that you can't be on page one right above the corporation yes yes because it doesn't take all of the pieces but if you just start incorporating one and then another and adding that's how you're going to get there yeah it's you know the, the search engine results pages are for those who are most relevant and have the best quality it's got nothing to do with size. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we finish, because I know we've, we've got so much great content, but we did <laughs> promise to share with people that you would share the most important social media principle that we may not even realize. What is that principle? Absolutely. And, and it goes with everything else we've said today. I hear more people telling me, okay, yeah, I've got an account on Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And I always say, and how's that working for you? I'm exhausted. Oh my mm. God, we're doing this all day long. So where is your audience? Mm. And when I say that, at least 50% of them stop in their tracks and go, what do you mean? What I mean is, you need to be where your audience is, not where you want to be, not where you think it's cool, not where, you know, whatever your reasoning is that doesn't have to do with your audience because it's not about you. Yeah. It's about your audience 
And it's about being there because if you're simply jettisoning value out to no one in particular, then no one in particular is going to care. Yeah, so true. And the fact is, you said it a few minutes ago about not being visible. I always say to people, you know what? If they can't find you, your competition's taking your money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because so they true. are finding them. And it doesn't sound like much, but when you make that shift to make sure that you're serving the audience, not what you prefer or not where you wish they were, you're going to do better. You don't have to be on 20 different platforms. It would be great if you had audiences there, but if you're just kind of throwing stuff out, you're really, really wasting a lot of your time. Yeah, so, so true. Couldn't agree with you more. So Elaine, how can people find you? What's the best way to connect? Okay. Um, it's probably easiest to go to our umbrella uh, site, which is Truel. That's T as in Thomas, R as in Richard, O, O again, L as in Larry, dot media. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can get me. If you just want to send me a direct email, it's Elaine at Truel dot media. Fantastic. Or you can send it to get help if you're looking for an answer to a specific question. And I will do my best to make sure that we can help you. Fantastic. Look, thanks as always. You have just um, delivered so much uh, golden nuggets there for people. I know some people's heads spinning, but it's a good thing because now it can spin off into different directions and see which one is best and where to start. So again, thanks once again for coming on the show. Well, I'm more than happy because nothing good ever happened in your comfort zone. Exactly. So if I disrupted you a little, I'm kind of happy. Yeah, good. Love that. Love that. Thanks so much, Elaine. It was a pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure seeing you yet again. And I look forward to our next conversation. Yeah. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Want to learn how to leverage your expertise, monetize your message, while become known as an authority in your field? Access our free industry thought leader podcast series to show you how at www.annemariecross.com forward slash podcast series. That's annemariecross.com forward slash podcast series.